Listener production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, Kate McCarthy will talk us through the big grand final between North Melbourne and Brisbane. Who will win and why? We'll reflect on the AFLW awards and why Monconti is one of the best athletes in Australia. And Kate McCarthy's going to discuss the score review system and whether it should be installed for the AFLW grand final. That's all to come right now. This is Footy Talk, your daily dose of interviews, news and analysis from the world of AFLW. And it's a very special edition today. It's the grand final edition of AFLW and who better to have alongside me than Channel 7 expert, Triple M royalty, Kate McCarthy, doing a brilliant job calling the prelims and you'll be calling the grand final for Channel 7. Very exciting, but it's a big week. It is, and yes, who would have thought this face for radio would get a free-to-air grand final? I'm very excited about it, but I'm most excited about the two teams that are taking part in it. It should be a fantastic game on Sunday. Well, let's first get into North Melbourne because, for me, they were the story. They were the, always the perennial bridesmaids. They couldn't get over the hurdle against the, the Adelaides and Melbournes and, and Brisbane Lions and were able to do it this year in the prelim on Sunday, a cracking game of footy against the Adelaide Crows. They finally got over the line. It's at Icon Park, a sellout. Over 13,000 people at the moment trying to get in there. Is this their time? Can they now go one step further? Because that prelim, they played some terrific football. Yeah, they did. And they were able to sort of weather the storm. The Crows surged really late. And they were able to, I think, get things right towards the end of the game to just do enough to get over the line. But... Yeah, I tipped them in the first round of finals because I was like, this is make or break for them. They either beat Melbourne and they go on to win it or they go down to Melbourne and they go out in straight sets. And they ended up winning. They've sort of put together probably some of their best footy in the last four weeks, similar to Brisbane as well, though. So um, it's going to be hotly contested. But, yeah, North, they've probably taken a good eight weeks to get that three-pronged tall forward line working. And now that they've got it working, it's pretty hard to stop. I want to ask you about Talia Randall. I mean, she's been enormous in the finals. Been enormous all year. The key forward takes terrific contested mark. Missed a couple of goals in that final quarter that just thought, uh-oh, don't do it. But she's going to be such an important player in this game. You're right about the key forwards. If they can find the marks, Emma King drifting forward, that's going to be the key for them for beating the Brisbane Lions. Absolutely. And she's one of those key forwards that's sort of like a bit of an old school key forward. She's really happy to stay close to home. So she'll sit nice and deep. She'll let Sheila and the like be the lead up forwards. And if they're not on or if there's a quick kick out, it'll go to Randall. And in a contested marking situation, she just plucks everything. On the weekend, I think she took three or four. You're right. She missed a few costly goals, um, which would have got them over the line by a lot more than one point. But I'm sure she'd be working on that this week. But her ability to take those contested marks and completely outwork her opponent at times is just phenomenal. And it's not something we've seen a whole lot of in the women's game. We've seen a lot of great contested mark players. You've got Dakota Davidson down the other end, who we'll touch on in a minute. But She's one that just in a pure one-on-one where the ball's gone to no one's advantage, she can come from nowhere and take the grab. And for North Melbourne, so these two teams played back in round four, I think it was. Again, it was the same sort of story. North Melbourne played great, couldn't just quite get over the line. But one area they did dominate was clearances. And this is going to be a big factor in this game. We'll touch on Jazzy Garner. We'll get to the awards and go through all that in the next break. But... The midfield of Jazzy Garner and Ash Riddell and Jenna Bruton, who was terrific again in the prelim, they have to have a massive role in getting the ball in the forward half for North Melbourne because when they play the game in their front half, that is when they're hard to beat. Yeah, it is. And and when they win those clearances, they don't just win them. They win them and get huge metres gained, which is what Jazz Garner is so good at. So you've got Ash Riddell who will play the in and under role, feed it out to Jazz Garner or Bruton on the run, and they'll just 
bomb it long, get it inside their forward half, and then they'll set up behind it and try and keep it there for as long as they can until they end up getting a contested grab or getting it through the goals. So, yeah, I think the midfield battle is one that's a big watch. Um, I think Bruton's been playing as a little bit of a, a half forward that'll roll up to stoppage, and we know that Courtney Hodder has previously been used like that from Brisbane as well. So will we see both teams go head-to-head with a fifth mid as well? Um, that's another little thing that adds a whole lot of excitement to it as well. But Jenna Bruton, when the game was on the line in the third quarter last week, she was phenomenal. Yep. She had, I think, four inside 50s, six or seven contested possessions and got the ball in, and, and she was the one that was really able to keep the ball in their forward half. And then on the other side of the equation, the Brisbane Lions, who got over Geelong only by four points. It was Shannon Campbell pushing forward late to kick a goal with, I think, five or six minutes to go. To put them in front, they had their work cut out, but they get through to their fifth AFLW grand final. They are one of the benchmarks. They've only won the one. Such a consistent, well-drilled side. What is the secret about this Brisbane Lions team? Even when they lose good players, they still find a way just to keep winning. I think the secret is the way that they've sort of set the standards at the club. I think anyone that comes into that team or comes into the squad knows what's expected of them. They have a fantastic strength and conditioning trainer down there, Matt Green. Are they the fittest team in the competition? Oh, they. I obviously haven't been at all yeah. programs, but from what I went through at Brisbane, they'd have to be close, yeah. 100%. And you can tell that in their running yeah. game. Yep. They're able to outrun teams. They're able to just – they're not the biggest, strongest team, as you can see with them compared to the likes of Adelaide. But the way that they're able to work from contest to contest but still be physical despite not being those big – big-bodied mids that you see in other teams, they can really take it to all areas of the ground and compete one-on-one so strongly. But, yeah, I think the secret to success is the standards that they hold each other to and knowing that whoever earns their spot to get into that team has gone through what they need to get through to be fit enough and strong enough to be trusted out on the field and they just play such a beautiful team game. Yeah, they do. Such a, a solid, rock-solid defence and we know about the run through the midfield. But up forward, you touched on it earlier, Dakota Davidson has been the talk this week, cleared of a serious injury with that knee that looked like she tweaked at some stage during that third quarter or maybe earlier in the game. Looks like she's going to play all Australian. She's going to have a big role in this game. She is. And I was quite concerned from a Brisbane perspective if she doesn't play what they do, not just in the forward line, but Mm. she gets all the way up to D50 to take those relieving marks to get out of their defensive line. And when you're coming up against North, who have three talls in all areas of the ground, they can play as well. Where's your structure go from there? So having her back with Taylor Smith in the forward line, that's huge for them. And it would have been a massive loss if she wasn't to play. So, yeah, and she's one of those players, you can tell by the way she plays, the big occasion is made for her. She loves it. (laughs) She's a Toby Green light. The bigger the occasion, the more she rises and the more of a show she tends to put on. So I think this one's made for her to have a big game as well. And it's really, really exciting to have an AFLW game where you've got two key forward lines that are going to take some huge grabs and do some big things on the stage that we've been really hungry for in the AFLW for a long time. Yeah, if it's anything, the grand final like the prelims, we are in for one hell of a game. I mean, there's a lot of talk about the final a few weeks ago, Geelong Melbourne, maybe one of the greatest or the the greatest AFLW game. I tell you what, the prelims were played at a prelim level. Like it was brutal. It was high pressure. It was, you know, winner take all. And I thought they were cracking prelims. So I can't wait for the grand final, but put your expert hat on now, Kate. Who is going to win? Can North Melbourne in their first grand final get their first premiership? They have been one of the 
the sort of the, the perennial teams at the top that can't quite get there. Brisbane in their fifth grand final. How do you see this one playing out? Who do you think wins and why? I've actually neglected to answer this question for the whole week because of the fact that I've been on both of these teams from the start of the finals and I've wanted both of them to get there. Um, I've thought all of the games that they've both come up against, they've in some games been the underdog, in other games been on top, and I've thought they've had enough to get there. And now that I've got both teams up against each other, I'm really struggling to pick a winner. For what I've seen in the last four or five weeks, I think Brisbane might get the chocolates. Um, I know that's probably not a popular opinion with Victorians because I think we're all on North Melbourne down here, but I don't know. I, but in, on the other hand, I really struggle to see if the three tools get to work, how they stop them because height-wise, to match up against three tools that are, are on fire and getting up the ground and then kicking goals is really tough for them. But I think perhaps the run-and-gun game of Brisbane might be a bit quick for them coming out of the back line and they might be able to transition the ball a little bit easily from D50 to forward 50 and, and get get ahead. But honestly, every time I've sort of looked at the teams and tried to come up with a reason that either can win. It's it's as even on both sides. Yeah. Well, a shout-out to Abby Holmes doing this last week. She said that Brisbane would win in the tightest of margins against Geelong. She thought Geelong would push Brisbane right to the end. She was spot on. I thought Brisbane maybe a bit more comfortably, and she backed in the Kangaroos to win as well, like you. So well done to Abby. Look, I don't think the fairy tale is going to be complete. I'm going to go for North Melbourne. I didn't tip them last week. I thought Adelaide, the, the sort of the whole mental, the psychology of the prelim, I think getting over the hurdle of a prelim and getting into a grand final is actually a little bit less pressure. I know it sounds ridiculous, but the prelims are the hardest games to win. You get over that. I think now North Melbourne at home at, at, at Icon with the home crowd, I think now they can just play. And I think it sets up for Jazzy Garner. We will touch on the awards in a minute, the Invisible Woman, but... I think the big stage is made for her to be best on ground and lead North Melbourne to a win and then etch herself as the one of the very, very best in AFLW. We will take a short break. We do want to get through the awards because there was plenty happening and there's a bit of controversy, Kate, I know you want to touch on, about the goal review system and whether it should be implemented in AFLW. That's all to come on Footy Talk. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you are listening on Spotify, please hit the bell. I'm here with Kate McCarthy, and we touched on the awards during the week, the W Awards, and Monique Conti. What a story for her, winning the AFLW Player of the Year, polling 23 out of a possible 30 votes in 10 matches. It was incredible. She had it sewn up a long way from home. We'll touch on Jazzy Garner in a moment, but first, just a quick word on Monique Conti. Is she, at the moment, one of the, the best dual athlete in Australia. Oh, absolutely. She has to be. She's probably one of the best, if not the best AFLW player at the moment. Obviously, there's conjecture about Jazz Garner and where she finished. But, I mean, I think she sort of flew under the radar a little bit on a lot of people's tips because of sort of her ability to just play good games repeatedly. She's so big in there. And obviously, with the loss of Ellie McKenzie, she had even more of a, a load to shoulder this season. And she just did it with... Such excitement. The way she plays is just so eye-catching. It's it's so incredible to watch. She is such a true 360-degree athlete as well from that basketball background, from being able to stop, to pivot, to beat players, sort of coming at her, retreating. That She's got such an iconic um, retreat where she just runs backwards, yeah. buys herself time, and then takes them on. But to poll 23 votes in any best and fairest, like in the men's best yeah. and fairest, where it's 24 rounds, 
23 votes in a 10-game season is ridiculous. Yep. That's yep. huge. So congratulations to Mon Conti on winning the W Award. It was pretty much a matter of time, if not when, she was going to win yep. one. Um, and it just so happened to be this year the best and fairest in the competition. Yeah, she was runner-up last year behind Ali Anderson, which was a bit of a little bit of a surprise winner, so she deserved it. And you're right, she stands out. Like, every time you watch Mon Conti, she catches the eye. The way she plays, and it was interesting to see Noah Bolter posted on his Instagram that uh, Monconti beat him in the under-12 best and fairest at Due to Stars, and well, I think that's probably fair enough too. Monconti's got him covered, yeah. and uh, she deserved that. But the story was Jazzy Garner, who going into the night was the red-hot favourite. There'd been a lot of talk that she hadn't quite caught the umpire's eye as much as she'd caught the players and the coaches and everybody that follows AFLW. And again, she finished outside the top five, equal seventh with 14 votes. Now, this is not – I think Monconti probably still would have won it with 23 votes. But what is it about Jazzy Garner that he's just not catching the eye? There was a game she had 39 touches, kicked one goal, one I looked at, and I think she got maybe one vote. So what is it? Is, is it maybe she just is not as eye-catching? as some of these other players? Yeah, I think she's more of a sort of gets the ball, puts it on the boot as quickly as she can, doesn't have time in possession, maybe as long as Mon Conti, but I don't know, the thing she does on the field, she needs to be rewarded for, to be frank. And we've seen it with, she won the AFL MVP, so the AFLPA MVP, so that's all the players vote on that. It's players voted, won that one, won the Coaches Association Award as well. So won two out of the three big awards and then couldn't quite win the AFLW BNF. But, yeah, I don't know whether it's just can't get noticed. Mm. But she kicks goals as well. Yeah, it's strange. It She's is strange. not just a midfielder that plods along, kicks the ball out and doesn't get on the end of any. She kicks goals. She's multiple goal kicker in a number of games this year. And even on the weekend in the prelim, she was one if you were watching. She caught your eye and yeah. she was the best on ground by a mile. But, yeah, I'm not sure whether she maybe just talks a bit of smack to the umpires <laughs> oh, unsuspectingly. I doubt that. I doubt that. <laughs> she doesn't seem like that kind <laughs> of player. But... Yeah, it's incredible um, how she just continually goes unnoticed with the umpires. Yeah, well, it's the same happens in the men. There are some players that catch the eye more than others and some don't poll as well. But that, that was a little side note. Hey, you love the story of Zali Goldsworthy winning the rising star, uh, the, the GWS youngster ahead of one vote of Ali Morfitt, who was the All-Australian ruck. What would you make of that? I thought it was going to be close. Obviously, Ali missed, I think, from round seven onwards with a, a wrist injury. So... That was probably the thing that cost her in the end, but Zali Goldsworthy, I mean, if you're probably looking forward in your AFLW team and you're trying to build at the moment, she'd be one that you'd build your team around. She is elite. She can go forward and kick goals. She can play in the midfield. She can do everything basically. And she's just one of those true athletes that we've seen come through the pathways of AFLW and be able to play footy from a young age all the way through. And she's going to be a star of the competition, if not already. And you loved her shout out. She was a Hawthorne supporter. Just talk us through the little story she gave on stage. Yeah. So she was a Hawthorne supporter. She got asked by Sarah Jones about her, um, I guess her team when she was growing up and that she supported Hawthorne and Gave a shout out to probably one of the most unsuspecting Hawthorne players, Matt Spanger, <laughs> that he was her favourite player and that he did all this work behind the scenes and didn't get the accolades that other players got and that's why he was her favourite player. And we were sitting there obviously at the Western Bulldogs table and he's a, an assistant coach at the Bulldogs. Spang is a great man um, and 
we were just loving that he finally got a shout out from someone. Random, random shout out. Absolutely. He would not have been expecting it. And to the true gentleman he is, he replied on Instagram and sent her a beautiful message back. So another shout out to Spang. Well, you're relevant, stay relevant. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> well done to Maddie Spanger. Hey, let's get on to a serious note. The AFLW score review. That they are, There's a story here that uh, they were offered to have the score review installed for the grand final. Nicole Livingston has rejected that and doesn't believe it's worth the investment either permanently, long-term, or even for this grand final. There's a quote here, Kate, saying, I don't think it's a big issue, so that's not having the score review in the grand final. We haven't had it the whole season, and I think if we're realistic about the 99 games this year and how many decisions potentially would have gone to the arc for review, it's maybe 10 across the 99 games. That's her justification for not wanting the score review installed for this weekend's grand final. What's your take? Yeah, well, first of all, I understand if we're talking the whole season, I understand that's a huge investment considering some of the games we play at. It's pretty much impossible in some of the venues to even have it. So I get that. But this was not for every game in the season. This was someone coming forward that has the Snicko on Hotspot technology, the guy that runs that, saying he could provide it for the grand final for free. So essentially, Nick Livingston's coming out and saying if there's sort of 10 across 99 games. So if there's 10 different decisions that could go the other way... That's one a week. ...in yep. the grand final, it doesn't matter. And for me, it's a grand final. Yeah. I understand it hasn't been in the rest of the season, but as someone that's passionate about the AFLW, I think we need the deserving winner to win on the day. And you don't want a mistake overshadowing whoever wins the game. And if she's going to sit there and say that it's okay if we get the wrong decision in a grand final, which is essentially what's been said then it doesn't matter. And I just don't think that's valuing the competition the way it deserves to be valued. Well, you've got my vote, Kate McCarthy. I'm not going to go back to 2009 St Kilda Geelong Grand Final. Tom Hawkins hit the post that hard that it deflected to about third slip. We didn't have a score review system in for that grand final. It was called a goal. We lost by a kick. And then guess what? The next year they say, we can't have grand finals decided by umpiring errors, particularly goal decisions. We'll bring in a score review system. So I'm all for it. We will see St. where that we're lands. on the end of a couple of we'll, those. Yeah, we, we had a bit of bad luck. last grand final replay as well. That, that's our story. We'll get into that another day. That's for another time, the bad luck of St. Kilda. But hey, it's all about the AFLW grand final this weekend. Good luck to both teams. It's going to be a, a cracking finish to what has been a wonderful season. Of course, you can listen to the AFLW grand final on the listener app on Sunday. The pre-match will kick off at 2pm. How good is this? Barry Denner and Tim Solly will be calling. Sarah Hosking will be involved. You'll be doing it for Channel 7. Can't wait for that. You think Brisbane. I think North Melbourne. May the best team win. Good luck and enjoy the weekend. Listener.